Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you might be. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast. We are back. Joining me this evening, three, uh, well, three guests, I wouldn't really call them guests. Lee is the co-host, Harry has become uh, one of the team, he's going to be joining us uh, every every time he can. So welcome mate, welcome. Thank you very much, thank you for having me. No problem at all, no problem at all. And uh, joining us uh, this evening is the superstar of the show this evening, because everyone's been tweeting me, everyone's been DMing me um, to get Graham on the show. Graham? He's finally on the same old Arsenal podcast. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you, Craig. It's a privilege to be on your show. Thank you very much for the invite. Thank you very much indeed, mate. The pleasure is all ours. Judge! How are you? I'm all good, thank you very much. All good. All good. All refreshed. Get it out of your system. Tell us about New York. Get it out of your system. You've got 20 seconds. 20 seconds? Well, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Like, you know, but anyway... I had a great time in America, you know, we went down, went on the ship down to the Bahamas, but, um, which was fantastic, but uh, the highlight, you know, was obviously going into the, the uh, New York Gooners uh, supporters club, made very, very welcome there to watch the Arsenal versus West Ham game, and um, it, it was great to, to, to win that game as well, and, and to see how it was done the American way, and I, you know, 8 o'clock we had to get up um, to get into the pub. Um, my first beer was at 9 o'clock in the morning and I don't know how I've done that like, but, that, but it's a, a ritual with these guys they do it all the time so by, by, um, by about um, 12 o'clock 1 o'clock every American gooner is, is on the lash and uh, drunk so it was a great great thing and um, yeah so uh, to experience that was all great like that good better than Dublin then when he was asleep in the cab oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, look. I said, give me half an the boys are coming, so just have a quick little wave here, so this time I might... Is he... Hello, here he is. Uh, hey! <laughs> All right, Simon, how's it going? Uh, Steve, do you want to come to say hello? Yeah, he just says hello, Steve. People, 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 people listening... He's an bastard and don't want to go on camera. <laughs> people listening to us on audio must be thinking, what the fuck, you know, what's going on there? Um, okay, let's let's get going. Let, we'll we'll go to each of you there and get, we'll get your get your thoughts on the game. So look, we'll start with Graham. Graham, a three-two win away at Cardiff, um, our second league win of the season. How did you make it? What did you make of the game, mate? Well, um, Unai Emery's first uh, away victory as Arsenal manager. Um, very much a typical same old Arsenal performance, wasn't it? Um, very much reminiscent of the sort of performances we saw under Arsene Wenger, I thought. Um, brilliant going forward. 
Lacazette and Aubameyang outstanding, and that they were the two positives of the game. We've been calling out for uh, uh, Lacazette to start, uh, and I think we saw what a great combination they are. Lacazette, uh, power, strength, clever movement, uh, link-up play with Aubameyang, who's very much a free spirit, uh, runs off uh, Lacazette, the link-up play for the goal, superb. Uh, so that was the positive, the fact that we got these two elite forwards on the pitch. I'm always a great one for saying I think you need your goal scorers on the pitch. And I think that we have got two great forwards and I think we should be making the most of that. Um, obviously the downside still is that we are still very poor defensively. Uh, we're not going to get in the top four, Craig, if we carry on conceding goals like we do. Uh, they're all avoidable mistakes. We have only kept four clean sheets in our last 24 matches and I think that says a lot. Um, it's Blimey. asking a lot for yeah, he's asking a lot for Unai Emery to change a lot of the stuff that uh, he inherited from Arsene Wenger. And I think you, uh, he has changed certain things. And obviously it was a very nervy start, the way Czech was uh, kicking out. I don't think he was helped by Socrates. Uh, Socrates, uh, for me, is uh, a right-sided defender playing on the left. So when Czech plays it out to Socrates, Socrates hasn't got a left foot. So when he plays it to him, he's uncomfortable. He can't go down the line, so it goes straight back to Czech. And I think... Cardiff uh, worked that out quite quickly uh, and uh, Warnock I think had his forwards pressing quite quickly uh, from the start hoping for, for that mistake um, so obviously um, that is a worry the fact that Czech uh, and I listened to Lee's excellent interview on AFTV last night and he is right Czech is still a great keeper makes some fantastic stops but um, in this system kicking is a problem for Czech at the moment and it would be interesting to see going forward if he perseveres with him. I think he will for the moment, but uh, uh, Bern Leno is breathing down his neck and he is suited to the style of play. I think we've got other problems from, that are still there from the Wenger era. We can't defend crosses uh, from wide. Uh, we don't put enough pressure on the ball in wide areas. So basically, uh, um, uh, crosses come very easy into our box and uh, I didn't think Bellerin closed down very well for the cross from Bennett that led to their first goal. Um, and then when the ball comes into the box, we've got uh, defenders who don't mark closely enough. We give their forwards far too much space. Uh, so basically, it's a, I would say it's a, a, a team issue, a collective issue. Um, basically, uh, we don't uh, have enough protection off the ball for our fullbacks. Our fullbacks uh, do not uh, put pressure on the ball, uh, or certainly there's no pressure on the ball in wide areas to stop crosses coming in. And uh, we don't mark well enough. And also, we're not alert to the to the second balls. Their second goal also came from a set piece. Uh, and when he headed it back across the box, uh, uh, our defenders did not react, uh, very slow reacting uh, to the second ball. And there's a lack of awareness, a lack of alertness. I think the problem, we've also got a lot of the mistakes in the team. Jacker for all his fine passing, he offers that to the team, but there's always a mistake in Jacker. And uh, the pass across the box in that first half, we still had a chance to, to defend it, but uh, he, it was... It, indirectly led to the goal. So uh, the question for me is, um, when we play away from home, and we're going to play Aubameyang, Lacazette and Ozil, who are, uh, are very good going forward. I thought Ozil, very quiet first half, got better the second half when he became uh, more central. Uh, and obviously he was involved in the goal for Aubameyang. Uh, but the problem is, if we're going to play these three uh, attacking players, there's got to be a better structure off the ball. And certainly, I'm a great one for sort of leaving the, uh, away from home, um, Emery won't change his formation he's already sort of like nailed his colours to the mast and I believe that we need more protection either two sitting DMs 
or basically we go with a back three, uh, basically for the for more solidity. I, I saw Man City on Saturday in Pep Guardiola, who basically when he first started at Man City, he played with this system with players who weren't comfortable in it, and uh, and they were getting spanked by four at Leicester a couple of years ago, spanked at Tottenham by four also. And it wasn't until he changed the personnel uh, to, to suit the system that he started getting the results. Um, but I noticed on Saturday when Manchester City played their game against Newcastle, he played the two forwards. Now, against Newcastle, uh, they shouldn't be conceding goals, uh, but clearly uh, they did, and I, because he, he, it was very open with two up top. And I think the same for us. I think if we've gone with a very... We have got better footballers than Cardiff. And if we played the right uh, formation on uh, Sunday... I think we would have beaten Cardiff quite comfortably. And, and the problem is, at the moment, I believe we're too open uh, at the moment and we're too vulnerable to the counter-attack. Um, and I think this is an issue for Embry. If, he, if, if we are, we're going to be great going forward. It's going to be great to watch scoring goals. But if we are serious about being relevant as a top club again, getting back in the top four, I think he's got to fix this defensive problem and make us more solid off the ball away from home. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much. I don't, I, I don't need Lou and I don't need Harry. It's done. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, Graham. Yeah, absolutely. You know, agree with every point you say. Lee, I want to, I want to, I want to touch on what Graham said about Petacek. Just before we, just before we started this video, I said to you that I'm still going to stick up for him. Um, yes, he made. Two, I, two bad passes. Um, one ultimately should have led, should have led to Cardiff going one nil up. I mean, how he's missed that, I don't know. Um, and, and another one. But look, I'm going on what Graham said. We're so deep at the back that when we, when, when the defenders receive the ball, the attackers are up on us straight away. So when they go back to check, the attackers, you know, they're going to check before. Before we, before the defender's given the ball back, if that makes sense. We're so deep to start playing that game, and I think Socrates and Mustafi and Monreal and, and Bellerin were, were guilty of giving him hospital passes yesterday. Um, that Lionel Messi would have even struggled to control, um, and, and you're asking Petr Cech to control one. Can Petr, I mean, I saw video, we all saw videos even on Twitter, um, training. Getting the, you know, on his first touch, and, and he had there was uh, various goals on the training pitch there that he was trying to hit. Is it time for Leno Lee, or do, do you think Emre is like Graham says? Is he is he going to persevere with Czech more? I'll, 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 I'll say what I said yesterday. I, I, I haven't seen enough of Leno to um, make a judgment on that, and I'll be honest about that. But the one thing about it, what I will say is that they put him under pressure. But if you're a midfield player or a centre-half and you're under a little bit of pressure, where, where, where can you go? You can go backwards, you know, and get yourself out of trouble. Turn, turn backwards and play the ball back to the goalkeeper. Or if you're in central midfield, you're in a little bit of trouble, you can, tur- you can turn backwards and go to, to the left-back or central defender. When Petr Cech gets the ball, he can't go back for one because if he goes back, it's a goal. So they're putting him under immense pressure without, without a backup. And what happens is then, you know, for, for the first one, I, 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 if you watch the game this way, Mustafi, for instance, was moaning, give me the ball, give me the ball. But when he was getting the ball, the movement for him up front weren't very, very good. He's got Bellerin on one side, and then, then he's got to play a ball into to, to the forwards, which weren't getting in there. So he was thinking, 
checking back and going back, and it was going across the check again and going out the other side. Now, it's, it's, it's okay chucking the blame on the pair of check for that, but there isn't, you've got to have some movement in front of him to, 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 to get that, you know. Now, if you have a look at the first one, where, where, uh, the second one where they nearly had the chance, Socrates is in, on, pinned in, 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 in like the left back position, if you like. And his only outfall is Petacek or go long. And he decides to go into Petacek. And as you said, like, you know, you know, one thing about Neil Walnut, you can love him or hate him, but he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? Was said, like, soon as, soon as they, their centre-halves get the ball, they're going to play it back to check, go straight in on them. And that's what they was doing. They're putting us under unnecessary pressure. And it happened in the first four or five minutes of that game. And what it does is gives, gives Cardiff a right shot in the arm to just, you know, a little confidence boost. You know, we can get at Arsenal, we can get at this and we can do that, and that's what's happening. Now, I look at it, and I, I look at it with, with Petr Cech. He's made some bloody good saves this season. I think as far as his goalkeeping is concerned, he's looked a lot sharper, a lot better, looks a little bit leaner, if I'll be honest. And um, so now we're all, like, blaming, blaming him for his kicking than that. And what, what, what it seems to be at the moment at Arsenal is... Is blame somebody, whether it be Petacek, whether it be Bellerin, whether it be Shaka, whether it be so and so, so and so. Now, a lot of people have come in for criticism of Bellerin, you know what I mean? But what um, protection does he get on the right hand side? He gets left completely isolated. Uh, now, I watched it yesterday. The ball went out to the um, uh, uh, it was a toilet or poilet, whatever his name is, like, hoi, <laughs> right, on the left hand side. Right. So, so, what he does, right? Mesut Ozil's 10 yards or two, five yards away from him. Hector Bellerin is 15 yards. And I was, I was standing in that corner, so I see it. And Mesut Ozil just, just says to um, uh, Bellerin, get out there, get out there. Now, in my book, what should have happened was that Ozil should have gone out there because he was the nearest man. So what happens is that Bellerin goes out there and before he gets there, the ball comes across and everybody turns around and says, ah, Bellerin didn't get out there quick enough. But if the man in front of him was doing his job properly... I'm not having a go at Ozil because he's not, he, shouldn't be, he shouldn't be in that position. And that's what causes the problem there. So now we're all having a, look, uh, a little scapegoat at Petr Cech, you know. But if you go back to the West Ham game, made three or four really crucial saves in that game, you know. And at the end of it, I don't give a monkey's what anybody says, Craig. If you want to play this way of football with this game across the goalkeeper and playing that, you will concede goals. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Liverpool, £70 million goalkeeper, done exactly the same, made himself look a fool. But, you know, um, I've seen the Manchester City goalkeeper do it on a couple of occasions. He's done it at Liverpool in a massive game last season at Anfield, if you remember rightly. You know, um, so um, they, they all do it. So, you know, it's a tactic that I, I maybe because I'm a little bit old school, I don't know, it certainly wasn't there when we was there. And, and, and I'll be honest, there was one time Petr Cech caught the ball, threw it out to Aubameyang, and within two passes, we was on the edge of their box. So, it, why don't we just play that, throw the, throw the thing out, yeah. safer. Absolutely. I mean? like, uh, from there. So, it's, it, listen, we, he will mess up somewhere along the line, you know. Did he do it at Chelsea last year? Was it last yes, year? Yes, he did. Before, he did. He gave it to Fabregas, yeah. We wasn't even playing that way then. You know what I mean? So, you know, there you go. So, for me, it's a dangerous tactic. And I feel it's a tactic, and I don't know how you guys think about this, that, um, it's too dangerous to, for, for, the, well, for the goal, for, 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 for what the positive of it. It's too dangerous. It doesn't, you know, 
you know, it's like robbing a bank knowing there's, there's 60,000 coppers in it. It is a very dangerous tactic, and I think it will, I think it's only going to work for us when he brings in his, like Graham said, when, when he starts to bring in his own players, at the moment he's trying to teach old dogs new tricks. When he's, when Emery start, when, when Emery gets us a transfer, when Emery gets into the transfer window, I believe that once he start, once he starts bringing the personnel in, that he knows can play that way, but he hasn't, has he? Mustafi can't do it. Socrates can't do it. No, but, did, did, was it Arsene Wenger that, oh no, it wasn't, was it? It was, was it? Was he here before, was he here before? No. Was he? I can't, oh right, okay. million pounds. If that's the way you do it, you've got to be ruthless in this game. I'm not saying that it's the right thing to do, but you, you know, listen, the, the one thing that worries me about Emery, right, is, which is different to Arsene Wenger, is that if he continues to make these mistakes and we get found out, he ain't going to have a, um, a license like Arsene Wenger is. Oh, Arsene Wenger, he's done this and done that, we're keeping him on there. He's going to, you know, fall on his sword and be, you know, and I think he's in a real precarious position. You know what I mean? And, you know, if, if, his job's on the line if he doesn't get this right. So if, if sentiment, sentimental decisions don't happen in football, I'm sorry, like that. I don't. Well, I, I'm going to I'm going to stick my chest out here, and I'm going to say I don't think it's Petr fault. I think it, I, I really don't. I, Socrates, no, Socrates and Mustafi, the balls they were giving him in. You know, I, go and watch it again if you're listening or watching. Go and watch the highlights. The passes that were coming into check were awful. Harry. Can't teach, you know, I've said it, I've just said it there, you can't teach a do- an old dog new tricks. Yes, it's very dangerous, and like Lee says, it's going to impact on us um, sooner or later. Um, what's, 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 the, what's, what's the story for you, Harry? Is, is it Leno next week, or sorry, after international break, or do, do we persevere with Petr um, I think it's, it's a difficult one to, to answer. I, I don't think that it is Petr fault. I agree with the points made. I think that the problem we're seeing at the moment is that once the goalkeeper gets the ball, or say he's taking a goal kick, it's what we do after that seems to be the issue. The centre-backs pull out to the wide, but they come sort of to the byline as opposed to the corners of the penalty area. The full-backs have pushed right up and it feels as though they get the ball, the, the centre-backs, and they've got no option. So I feel like the rest of the team are not understanding the pattern of play that Emery wants to see as opposed to Petacek being such a bad passer of the ball. He is a goalkeeper at the end of the day. If he was a great passer of the ball, if he was an Andre Apirle, he'd be playing in centre midfield. So we know as a goalkeeper, most goalkeepers have limitations in that sense. But I agree with Lee when he says that, you know, it, it is, you've got to look at the rest of the team and, and does this way of playing give us more benefit than it does, sorry, enough benefit to be worthwhile. And at the moment, I don't think it is. I don't think he's got the personnel to play this way. But then again, he has to embed something and try and stick with it. There's no point in trying to embed something for three weeks and throwing it out the window. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, all of the work in pre-season was a waste of time. So it's, it's difficult. I just personally think that he needs to get players in that can do that job, that understand that job. I think, uh, and I know this sounds really horrible and I don't want it to come across like that, but I think there's a communication issue with Unai Emery at the moment. I find him impossible almost to understand in some of his press conferences I get that he wants to learn English and that's fantastic but I just think if you look at someone like Maurizio Pochettino who when he first came to the country refused to speak in English until he was up to a certain level worked through translators and and I've interviewed a Euro 2004 winning 
goalkeeper, the Greek goalkeeper, and they worked through the translator through that entire tournament. So it, it can work. I, I think maybe there's a, a communication issue there as well, and that's a bit of an underlying problem that no one's really talking about. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not got a very good uh, rating here on the old Okta. Unfortunately, our uh, old Petacek got a five. Uh, we'll move along to Hector Bellerin on a six. Uh, a typical Bellerin performance when he looked, uh, a typical Bellerin performance where he looked to offer a lot more going forward than he did, um, with his defensive duties. To be fair to him, like Lee says, Ozil didn't give him much help. Um, Socrates, neither, uh, Socrates on a six, neither of Arsenal centre halves seemed to be assured defenders, but certainly had their wobbles. Mustafi a six, um, like Socrates, you don't have to be, you're not full of confidence, um, when you see Mustafi to dominate his defensive line, but he did score smashing header in the first half. Yes, he did. Uh, last but not least, Nacho Monreal at the back, uh, got sucked in for Cardiff's equaliser and wasn't the same self getting forward. Um, hard to disagree with him, I think. Anyone? Anyone want to disagree with that? Apart from Nacho Monreal, um, he was, he was at fault for both goals. But no one seems to say that. Uh, that straight away, they're on next to Bellerin's case. Mm-hmm. You, know, and, uh, uh, you know, if you if you look at it, very weak for the second goal. I know I feel it was a push, to be honest. But um, got pushed off the ball, so he's shoved off the ball for the first goal. You know, and I think with the, the defence, you know, Mustafi, great, as you said. But I also think with the defending, that we get put into positions we don't want to be in. I don't know how you guys think about that. And, yeah, I agree um, with that. That, that, that puts us Massively. under a certain amount of pressure. And as a, that's what I was trying to say yesterday, that individually it didn't look too bad, but the unit uh, breaks down. Well, that goes, like, that goes back to what I said. I, I don't think Mustafi and Socrates can play the way that Emre wants them to. So that's why, that's why I'm hoping that when he gets into a transfer window, he's going to bring in two centre-halves that can play that way. I, I, I think the thing is, Craig, they're both right-sided centre-backs. That's the first point. And he's playing one of them on the left. I think the thing we lack defensively is we lack aerial dominance. That's yeah. the first point. So when, I mean, I can remember Lee making a great point last year when Van Dyke was available. He would have been perfect for our defence. Right? We need a powerful, dominant centre-half. Somebody who's going to deal with crosses coming in. We can't defend crosses. The other problem we've got is we've got no pace in our defence. Mm-hmm. You see it when they play the high line. Um, he wants to play this uh, system where he presses with intensity from the front. Uh, and obviously... The one thing I say about uh, having watched Arsenal under Wenger, we pressed under Wenger, you know. It wasn't a case we never pressed. I can remember Sanchez, he used to lead the press uh, when he was playing for us up front. Uh, and I think we missed his work rate in the wide areas. But the problem is, is that when you're pressing from the front and they beat the press, that's when we're vulnerable and that's when we concede a lot of our goals. Um, teams come very easily through our lines. Uh, and basically, we've got no what I call pace in midfield. We haven't got athletic midfielders. Teams... We don't discourage teams. Teams uh, fancy it when they play us now. Now, the old Arsenal midfield that uh, Lee mentioned again in his interview yesterday when he used to talk about, when he talked about Patrick Vieira, when we had these sort of powerful, physical, central midfielders, they discouraged teams. They knew that in, they would win their duels one-on-one. They were powerful. And also that they were positionally great at snuffing out danger. We haven't got midfielders who are what I call physical midfielders we haven't got sort of like midfielders who, they're all right running in five-yard bursts, but they have not got what I call sprinting ability. And teams sprint passes. Uh, uh, 
So I noticed it in the West Ham game. Uh, the transition, West Ham, but very quickly from one end of the pitch, they fancied it against us because they knew they could outrun us. And I think we, we the two areas that worry me at the moment in Emery's team is a, there's a lack of uh, dominance in central defence, dealing with crosses coming in. We need someone more powerful there. Uh, and, and also in central midfield, where I think that we have not got what I call uh, physical and athletic midfielders. I'll tell you somebody whose stock is rising at the moment, he's out injured at the moment, and I'm thinking... As much as, you know, I think you'll, we'll probably talk about it on the show, about the role for Torreira. But somebody whose stock is really rising is Aisley Maitland-Niles. Now, Aisley Maitland-Niles, he played the first game out of position at left-back and got injured. But I think his future is in central midfield for Arsenal. He's somebody who basically can win a one-on-one race with someone. He's got pace, he's got power, and he's, got, and he's somebody, I think, who would certainly fit very well into our central midfield. He is, like I would call, a proper central midfielder. We play Aaron Ramsey in central midfielder, but Aaron Ramsey is like a third running midfielder. He's somebody who always wants to be on the end of things. So he's he, he's sort of like somebody who doesn't do the job of a central midfielder. But someone like Aisley Maitland-Niles, somebody of that ilk, alongside what I call a DM. So we've got the, we've got a bit of pace there, a bit of power next to somebody like say Torreira, who's very positionally aware, able to disguise passes cleverly who sits, screens the back four. That's what our midfield's crying out for, Craig. Along with that central defensive power we need. We've got two very good defenders in Mustafi and Socrates. Socrates is the better defender. Mustafi the better passer. But they're both very similar players. They're both right-sided players. One's playing on the left. Um, and I think, you know, in time, I think he'll make his mind up who's the better central defender and pair him with, a, I would say, a more dominating commanding centre-back, and that's what the team lacks at the moment. Absolutely. Go yeah, yeah, go for it, mate. I say, though, when we're talking about pressing, it's, uh, people have this, this idea that when you're pressing your team to do it effectively, you need to have fit players that are like headless chickens and literally close down the ball. Pressing is not necessarily about pressing the man in possession. It's about shutting down the spaces and shutting down the yeah. channels in which he can play the ball into. And and I can see that we're pressing in the sense that the work rate is there. We've covered more distance than most teams in the Premier League so far this season. So you can see the work rate's there, but we're not pressing smart enough. It's about working smarter, not harder. Yeah. And I think that's that's where we're lacking. And that's why people are able to play the ball around us and get us. In regards to Socrates and Mustafi, I agree with what Graham's just said. Socrates, for me, the only thing I disagree with slightly, I think he is aerially dominant. I think he is that man. I think he is the type that will get up and get in people's faces. And, and I've seen him do it at international level many times. So it, it, that's the only thing I'd slightly disagree with. I think he's got that. I just think that we haven't got anybody else capable of getting up and winning a header and stuff. So he's a bit of a, a, a lost sheep in the middle of it. Let's, let's talk about another, another man who's, who's dividing opinion since he's put on an Arsenal shirt. Um, obviously, is, uh, we'll come to Lee on this one. Is Granite Jacker Lee? Ugh. I go on Twitter yesterday, right, and, and I'm and I'm scrolling through after the game, and I've got 50% saying, "Oh, Jacker was great. Uh, yeah, he, he gave away the ball for the goal, but I thought he played really well." Yada yada yada, and then you've got the other half. Get rid of him. He's rubbish. He should never be playing for us at all. What, what's what's the what's you know? You were there yesterday. You know, it's very it's all right for us to watch it on the telly and give our opinion. Um, but you were there yesterday, so Granite Jackley, in your opinion, does he, st- you know, does he need to come out of there? 
Yeah, I, I think that he does, and, and it's nothing personal against him. And, uh, I, I just think with Granite Sheffield, I watched him quite a lot yesterday. His range of passing from left to right is fantastic, and I think that's what uh, Emery wants, and I can see why he's trying to use him in that in that sense. But he's just his game management um, is is weak. It, it's like you know he's supposed to be this experienced ball, and I take you to the point now. There's a minute to half time, right? He's got the ball. You know, I was taught, you know what I mean, like, you know, last minute of a game, whatever, get the ball over the, get, get them turning, get get it over the full-back's head, get them turning, get a throw out of it, you press them into their half, and, and see out the game, see out the half. And what he does is a, is a, a, a pass that realistically, what's it going to gain us? You know what I mean? It ain't going to gain us nothing, it's just going to get, we, we, we get us intercepted, we're all out of position, and uh, and the subsequent we, we, we can see the goal. Now, I, I'm fed up, and I've, I've had it today. We're in a, a WhatsApp group, with, and, and, and it's you know 600 messages about Granite Jacker, right? And they're all saying, "Ah, oh, well, why don't we get Granite Jacker? Let's put him alongside so and so. Let's see him play against so and so. Let's see. Oh, we'll see him if he plays in this role. He's not really a central defender. Put him here. Put him here. Put him here. Right? But then in the next breath, Bellerin shit. Don't turn around and say, "Oh, let's see what Bellerin's like if he's got a proper player in front of him, or let's see what Petr Cech's got in there." Everybody is trying to make excuses for Granite Jacker. For me, he's run out of excuses. You know what I mean? He he keeps giving away goals. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've got people in the group. Tony's just telling me wanting to be captain. You know what I mean? Captain. You know what I mean? Captain of what? The Titanic. Unbelievable! He gives away goals, and what he does, and I, I, and I, I said this yesterday. I think he's got some fantastic ability, right? Um, and if you if you are going to play him in this role, right, then take him away from the back four a little bit more, put him more up up front. But that means you've got to sacrifice a Mesut Ozil, you've got to sacrifice somebody else along the line, you know. And I'm not having a game because I thought yesterday he worked really hard. And, I, and, 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 and somebody on the group chat yesterday, I'm not going to mention no names, right, turned around and said, but his corners were brilliant yesterday. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is, this is the, what, the mentality of the fans now about Shaka. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he can give away goals, but he made the He got the assist for Mustafi's goal was one of the comments. You know what I mean? Well, like, that sums it all up, that does, you know. And, and that's what that's what our fan base is. It's split on him so much that you know that they're going to stick up for him, whatever. I like to see what what is on performances. You know what I mean? And I just feel I, I understand. I really do understand what Emery's saying about uh, the transition of passes. He picks up the ball and then whips the ball out onto the left hand side. It's fantastic, and he does that really well. And it's it's very very accurate. I'll give him that. But he keeps giving away goals or giving up opportunities, and he does do it every game now and, and, and I feel that maybe I'm not saying that oh that's it get rid of him I'm saying that maybe like, well let's, let's, let's have a look at another um, central defensive partnership because we've looked at him Shaka with this one this one this one this one over the last two years it's not quite worse you think he's more suited to European football league? I, I think they could be saying in that with the premiership I think the premiership is, is very very quick you know and the, thing, the thing with Xhaka is he's, very, he's um, as you quite rightly highlighted he's a very good passer well, obviously, every now and then he gives the ball away and costs us, but his passing is his strength. Um, exactly. And I think um, the, the problem with him is, is a lack of mobility. Uh, that's the first point. A lack of 
probably awareness and we we've been playing him as a he's really a deep lying playmaker from midfield he's not a dm we've been playing no. him as a dm now when he first came into the side i can remember players used to go past him he used to just used to panic he used to stick a leg out bring him over he got sent off in the a couple of times very early in his career um but now um he's just letting them run past him uh and so he's not as rash uh in, in that he's bringing people down but i think Playing him where we're playing him is not for the benefit of the team. Emery talked him up again, I hate to say it to you, he talked him up in his uh, press conference saying how much he liked uh, his, uh, what he did, which suggests to me that he's going to persevere with him. And I think he sees him as a slightly more uh, forward of Torreira sort of role. You know, Torreira is ultimately going to come into the team and sit as a DM. And he likes Jacker's uh, build-up play uh, from slightly further forward. The person we've really missed, never replaced, and I'm sure you'll agree, is Santi Cazorla. Hmm. Uh, uh, he was the person, the connector, the person who used to sort of like uh, work well in tight spaces, dribble us out of tight areas, and also Ozil was better with Cazorla in the team. So you talked about, if you're going to play Jacker, not necessarily leave uh, Ozil out, but Jacker, he could see him as a, as a midfield two. I don't know. For me, I think Jacker... I quite agree with you. I think he's running out of ch- time, running out of chances, and we can't keep having him make mistakes in the team. Uh, I don't think his style of play suits um, the Premiership. When he plays for Switzerland, he has a, a DM sits next to him who does a lot of the work for him, uh, and that partnership seems to work in European football. But in the Premiership, the Premiership is a lot faster, and I think he struggles with the pace of the Premiership. Harry, also, oh, also, sorry, sorry, uh, just one second, yeah. sorry, sorry, folks, just one point on that, right, sorry, I, I, I'll let you come in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 you cannot keep having players and trying to shore them up with other weaknesses. We've got, we've got Ozil that's got weaknesses in, in his game, so well, we'll put someone in there to cover that. We've put, uh, we've put, we've got, Mkhitaryan's got weaknesses, so we'll put someone in there for that. You can't keep uh, trying to, uh, cover up weaknesses in our team with other players it's got to be along the lines to say right it's not good enough and at this moment in time it's not good enough and that's my point over to you Harry Harry is now going to tell us why we're all wrong I can see it in his eyes yeah I can see while while we were talking about it now I can see his eyes and I can just tell by his eyes he's going to tell us why we're all wrong come on son I'm not going to tell you that you're all wrong, but I'm going to respectfully disagree with <laughs> most of that. And the reason for that is because Granit Xhaka makes Arsenal tick at the moment. And the only half of football that he wasn't there for this season was the second half against Chelsea, and we couldn't get the ball, and we couldn't string three, four passes together. So for me, that is the clearest sign that there is nobody else in that midfield that will go and get the ball off of our defenders and make us tick and get us going. His role in our build-up play is so underestimated, it's an absolute joke, and it annoys me hearing it all the time, because without him, we, we don't tick. Now, is Granit Xhaka the best in the world at doing that? No, he's not. But based on what we have at the club, he's the only player that does that job. Therefore, for me, he has to start. Gwen Doozy is a young player. He started the first two games brilliantly. His form in the lo- against West Ham and against Cardiff is dipped for me. Okay. So that shows that he's still too young to be in the first team as a permanent fixture at this moment in time. So put him to one side. 
Torreirock needs to come in alongside Xhaka, in my opinion. And then you'll see more from Granit Xhaka. Now, people are going to talk about that pass that he gave away yesterday. He plays a ball across the pitch, almost on the halfway line. It gets intercepted. And then Cardiff go all the way down the flank, put a cross into the box that isn't dealt with. And then they end up scoring from a deflection that falls into the path of the forward. And he puts it in the back of the net. Petr Cech passes the ball straight to, to Harry Arta on the edge of the penalty box, who really should have scored. And we're all talking about how it's not his fault and how mistakes happen and this and that. I just think that certain Arsenal fans, and I'm not saying you guys because I value you guys' opinion, but there is certain Arsenal fans that have a certain agenda each week that they have to cross off their list. They have to have a go at Ozil, they have to have a go at Bellerin, and they have to have a go at Granit Xhaka. And and Petacek as well. Our system is exposed because it's, the system is not effective. It just doesn't work. Okay, Hector Bellerin has clearly been asked by Unai Emery to be our whip because we don't have any. He bombs forward like he's being told to do and then he gets caught out and everyone gets on his back. Now, the fact is, if Hector Bellerin wasn't doing what Unai Emery was asking him to, he would have been replaced by Lichtsteiner. It's, it's that simple. Granit Xhaka does what he's asked to do by the boss. Now, whether there's deficiencies in that it is another issue, but the way Emery wants to play, if you want to pass out from the back, Granit Xhaka is the only Arsenal midfielder that will turn with his back to the opposition's goal, get the ball, and, and start us playing. I don't think he's the best at it. I think he's got plenty of faults just like anybody else. But he's the only one that's suited to that role. So saying that that role doesn't suit him is wrong for me as well. I think it does suit him. I think that's what he wants to do. He, like Graham said, he's a deep-lying playmaker, which means he wants to get the ball in a deep position and get us going. Maybe he needs more protection around him. I agree. I think he's made to look worse by the fact that our centre-backs seem to spread out to cover the full-backs being 90 yards up the pitch. So there's a lot of deficiencies in that system. I just think that the... The abuse Granit Xhaka gets is, is unfair and, and I don't think we've got another player at the club at the moment that could do a better job in that role and no, therefore for me he starts. Granit Xhaka, I thought against West Ham, Granit Xhaka played really well when Torreira came on and, 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 and Xhaka then kind of got, got into the mindset, I don't know if you agree with me, he got into the mindset, right, he's behind me now. Yeah, I agree, mate. I haven't got to, I haven't got to worry so much now about what's behind me. Now I can start playing. Now I can start turning. Now I can start no, spraying. That's no coincidence. Well, no. Oh, no. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely. But that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Arsenal fans, are, like Lee said, and like Graham said, like you said, they're all very quick to, you know, to jump on the jump on the, the, the bandwagon of hate. But not until someone turns around and says, well, actually, last week, you know, when we were playing West Ham, he actually played well once someone else, you know, yeah, that's right. once someone else came on. And, and Graham, would you agree with me? I think that uh, I agree with you because I was at the West Ham game, um, and I think he was better when Torreira came on. He, he played slightly further forward. And I, I, I think a lot of the points uh, uh, made by Harry, uh, I agree with actually. Um, what worries me with Jacko is, is what he offers to the team out of possession. Um, and it, it's the system we play uh, with him in it that sometimes leads him maybe looks worse than what he is uh, I think that um, I'll take Lee's point Lee makes a good point we're always trying to sort of like um, um, uh, find solutions to help certain players 
I think one thing we've got to decide here is uh, what are the crown jewels of this team? Our crown jewels to me are our two centre-forwards, uh, Lacazette and Abamian. Now, most teams in the Premier League don't play too up front. It's too open, too risky, out of possession. And we've got Meza Ozil as well, who basically, so that's like a third player, uh, who basically is um, our creator. He's a, he talked about Jacker, and I think he, you make good points again there, Harry. I think Jacker does create really well from, from deep. But Ozil is the one. I thought that when we played West Ham, we missed Ozil's creativity more than we missed uh, Jacker in the second half against Chelsea. I think Ozil is the one who tidies up our possession, makes uh, clean possession out of uh, uh, dirty possession. He, he, he gets us into areas of the pitch where he can create uh, and make things happen in, in the final third. So I think we've got to make a decision here. Um, if we're going to play Aubameyang, Lacazette and Ozil, which I think we need, we need our two goal scorers on the pitch and Ozil to create, we've got to have a solid base behind. Now, a solid base behind means... We need people who are going to, out of possession, do a lot of work and be able to sort of like uh, people who can tackle and who can make good recoveries and interceptions. I think the question you need to ask yourself, is Granite Jacker the person to do that? I take everything you say about sort of like him being brilliant at building our play and I, and I watched it myself against West Ham. He does build our play really well and he does need protection behind him. But we need to make a decision here. Because if we're going to play Granite Jacker in that role, maybe then we need to think about how we set up further up the pitch. And maybe we can't play those three attacking players. Because out of possession, remember, Jacker's not a great tackler, is he? He's not somebody who's very mobile. Or as Ramsey. So, so yeah. when we lose the ball, yeah. exactly what you're saying is right. Yeah. I, think, so, I, think the, I think the point is that the imbalance in our team is not there. It's in other areas. For, for example, in my opinion, you can't play Mkhitaryan and Ozil in the same team. That's so you yeah. can't. So, so that imbalance that we're getting there means we haven't got any width. So you've got yeah. no width up front. Then that means Hector Bellerin ends up playing like a winger, which means that our centre-backs get spread open, which means that we have a gaping hole in the middle. So it's all a knock-on effect from, in my view, an imbalance further forward. I'd love to see Lacazette and Aubameyang both play up front, but you need to find another way of doing that because playing Aubameyang on the left wing and Ozil on the right wing, it doesn't give you defensive protection. Harry, this I is my problem. This is my problem when, when you when you've got like you, you, I, I totally agree with Graham saying. I agree with what you're saying as well. If you're going to play those three up front, and I don't think you know, to me, Ozil Ozil is the problem, or not the problem. And I say what I mean by this is, if you're going to play Mesut Ozil in this side, and you're then going to sacrifice Shaka, and to a certain degree, you're going to have to. Sh- uh, sacrifice Aaron Ramsey in the work rate that he's got. He must perform. Now, if he doesn't perform, then there's a problem. And, and I think at the end of the day, with, and it's the same with Shaka, if you decide to say what Brian's saying, you're going to go, right, we're going to be a little bit, lose a little bit of our front line and say perhaps bring in a Wobi and that means to lose o- Ozil, then Shaka has really got to do it. And he's putting a lot of responsibility on suppliers to, 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 to make their mark. And I, I think at the end of the day, we've got a massive problem of where to play Ozil, because what we've just said there, Graham come up with a great point early on, is that when we lose the ball, they go through our lines too easy. The reason they go through our lines too easy is because it's up front, you've got the forwards that are not the greatest defenders, so you can excuse that a little bit, but they go through Ozil, Aaron Ramsey and Shaka far too easily and then on our back four. So that is the problem. And 
it exposes, if you want to be like, it exposes all the weaknesses of Shaka and, and yeah. makes people ever go at him. You know what well, I mean? The problem, problem you've got, Lee, and I'll just take you up on that, if you've got, when you're attacking, uh, if you've got sort of like uh, your two fullbacks high up, which Arsenal play with all the time, that, uh, so you've got Monreal high on the left, you've got Bellerin high on the right for width, you've got Ozil uh, probably coming inside, drifting inside alongside Lacazette and Aubameyang. The moment that attack breaks down, we've got five players out the game straight uh, away. Mm, exactly right. yeah, so no that's why teams transition very quickly from front to back and get our back four. Your back four should be your last line of defence. It shouldn't be your first. And that's the problem we've had at Arsenal. That's why Koscielny, brilliant defender he was, ended up uh, doing his uh, Archimedes all the time because of all the shuttling out for the sides. He had to, to cover for all the uh, lack of defenders uh, getting back into position. So that's what you get when you sort of like play the sort of system. I think the point that we we touched on it here, and uh, Harry makes a point about us being a very good one, Emery inherited a very unstructured, unbalanced uh, side, right? And he, he's not going to change it overnight. I think one thing we lack is pace in wide areas, so that's why the fullbacks are the width. Yep. If you, I think we need, and we touched, I think we, me and you, Lee, have probably said it on AFTV in the past, we need to go and buy a wide player, a pacey right, winger right. out wide. Now, someone like at the moment, like as a, I mean, you probably disagree with me, but I just at the top of my head say, say the half, simply because he's a, He's a those pass uh, players right those pass players, out. right. So if you add that up top, Bellerin then wouldn't have to continually provide the width. He could sit back, and then probably Jacka would be better in the system where he could uh, sort of like orchestrate orchestrate the play with with uh, us more structured out of possession. But what he's finding, Jacka, and he's not the most mobile player or the most uh, aware player, is with the fullbacks up and, and the teams come at us. He has, he's struggling to get out wide to cover because he's not the, the quickest of players and he's not great at tackling. So, so that, leads, that doesn't help his game. I take the point that Harry made, it's a good one, is that he is the one who builds our attacks. And I think Emery's already virtually nailed him on to say that's what he's going to do with him. He's going to build our attacks. But the problem we've got with this unbalanced side at the moment, when we're flying, the players flying forward, that doesn't help Jacker out of possession. And that has nothing to do with the pass across and the errors that he makes. But I just think sometimes he gets stressed in games. I think sometimes if, you're, he's, if he's having to constantly work hard, uh, that might have a physical impact on mental decisions he makes in the final third, uh, allied to the fact that he's not the quickest player. So I, I think to get the best out of Jacker, we've got to have, I think, a change in system. Emery played 4-3-3 at PSG. And, uh, and, I, and I know he likes... Uh, more, his wingers are more inverted than proper wingers. But I think if we had, if we had sort of like... Uh, a, a Bamiang sort of like not out wide but as a, a, a wide forward and we actually got a pacey forward on the other side uh, that would help the balance of the team I don't know where that leaves Mesut Ozil moving forward unless you're going to play him at number 10 you are right we've got too many number 10s at this club and we end up playing them out of position to get it. We, we want all our favourites in the team don't we every week we look at the team sheet why is he not in it we want him in it and we end up sort of like and the manager probably sort of ends up picking players as lucky against Man City. He played two number tens out wide against two of the best attacking fullbacks in the Premier League, and that was a disaster. So it's, I think it's more about team structure and balance more than accommodating individuals in the team. And I think that's a challenge for Emery moving forward. I think as well, when when we're without possession, it will be nice to see. And I don't know if Torreira's the man to do this because we haven't seen that much of him, but. 
I'd like to see, you know, when Bellerin does go forward and Monreal's gone forward on the other side, I'd like to see Torreira drop deep and become a third centre-back along with Socrates and Mustafi. And that way you cover a wider area of the pitch as yeah. opposed to having two centre-halves trying to cover the whole width of the pitch. And that way you've got a bit more sturdiness in the middle because at the end of the day, nobody's going to score from the corner flag. You need to be tight in the core. That's... Um, uh, Simeone's philosophy your core needs to be kept tight and if you can do that nine times out of ten you'll defend absolutely brilliant debate boys on the midfield um, I've actually very enjoyed just sitting here and listening to you all actually um, just doing my little job there I just throwed just throw a bit throwed a bit of bait in and uh, it's like a load of koi cart chasing after one fucking little pellet brilliant um not much to say, but I was going to talk about Lacazette, but I mean, what, what can you say about Lacazette other than man-in-the-match performance? What a finish for the winner. Um, his link-up play with, you know, with everyone else around him was absolutely superb. Lee, quickly, Aubameyang yesterday, in the flesh. How good was he? Uh, so, you know what? First half, I was disappointed with him. Too many flicks, too many, not really getting into it. Second half, his link-up play with Lacazette was fantastic. Uh, and I, I do feel that we're better with Lacazette up front because he's got just that little bit more better hold-up play yeah. um, and brings in players. And, and, and Lacazette's last two games have been brilliant. He's, been, he's uh, quick on the turn. I've been very, very impressed with Lacazette. He's a different player to what he was last season, by the way. He looks a lot sharper. And um, the finish, you know... Hell of a goal. Hell of a goal, mate. It was in the back of the net. Like, you know, yeah. The goalkeeper didn't even move. He didn't. Quality finish. And, um, yeah, so... Uh, I've got to say, um, and, and also Bamiang's goal. Oh, no, that was a peach. I think the thing with uh, Bamiang was he was everybody's favourite to be like the golden boot winner this year, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, to win the uh, get most goals, and so he'd gone three games without uh, a goal. So um, you know, I wonder if that was doing anything for his confidence. Only Mo Salah scored more goals in England yeah. since, since he's been here, but he, he hadn't. He hadn't exactly got up and running, and I think this goal, yeah. it was a finish of an elite striker league, wasn't yeah. it? It was, yeah, it was. Oh, it was a beautiful finish. You know, he, he knew exactly what he was doing. And, and that's going to that's gonna give him confidence, isn't it? And I think now you'll see him kick on from that. I hope so. Harry, Black is that? He's been directly involved in seven goals in his last five Premier League starts. Five goals, two assists. So I'll just leave it there. There you go. What do you say? <laughs> what do you say to that? Um, let's get on to some questions. A couple of questions here. Uh, we'll start with this one. Actually, uh, this is for Lee. Um, and Tony Fane wants to know. He's just had a poo around your house, <laughs> and he's just wondering: Is it alright to flush the toilet yet? <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Um, why are you humoured him on that? I do not know. It's brilliant. Get him in. Get get him on. Unplug your headphones and get him in. Unplug your headphones so you can hear. Pull him out the side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony. Are you in? Yeah, I just I just asked your question. He says you you've got to get out of your hands. I'm going to creep upstairs so I don't dis- disturb the point. We heard it, we heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the game yesterday, Tony. It was alright, mate, yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was, um, enjoyable. Good. I played hard work of it. 
Three points on the road, mate. Can't be bad. Listen, like I said, it's, it's, um, it's all about building foundations. It's a stepping stone for this Arsenal side. You know, let's just win the games and then we can worry about the performances secondly. Absolutely, mate. Couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. Too much negativity from some fans. <laughs> See you later, mate. Okay, Harry, we'll come to you. Uh, mid, uh, mid Carter J, thank you very much for your question, mate. Um, a long time supporter of this podcast. Um, always tweeting us, uh, messages of support. Harry, uh, who do you think's been the best player so far this season? Oh. Um, the best player so far this season. Oh, that's a good question. That's a very good question. That is a very good question. I would say on the games we've played, I'd probably say Nacho and Monreal. But I'm surprised. I'm surprised you said that. Suppose uh, no, no, no one else jumps. No one jumps out to me. So I'm going to say Shaka. Yeah. Hasn't <laughs> <laughs> hasn't. Hasn't Guendouzi done well? He did in the first two games, and like, like I said earlier on, I think he's he's faded, and and I'm going to say it. And I'm going to get a lot of abuse for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. He's a Mohammed Onneni with better hair. Oh, no way! I can't believe you just said that. Oh, no, that's, 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 that is, that is, uh, God, that's hurt me, that is now. That is a real difficult question, by the way. It's a bloody good question, isn't it? I can't pick one. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to stick my chest out again and say, Gwendozia has, has impressed me. Yes, like Harry says, he wasn't too great against West Ham, and he was probably a bit quiet yesterday, but he's the only one that jumps out for me, really. On a, on a, what about you, Graham? Who's been your best player so far this year? That is a really difficult question, isn't it? Um, I think, uh, for, well, first of all, I mean, Lacazette, when he's come off the bench twice, has uh, made an impression against Manchester City. Uh, we were struggling in that game. He came on, and before they broke away five on four and wrapped the game up, he was good, uh, and he, he he gave a structure in the game and, and got us back in it, and he was good when he came on against uh, West Ham, and he was man of the match against um, Cardiff. So, like I said, he's only made one start, but he would have probably a strong claim to be up there, certainly. Um, it's very hard to pick anyone out defensively, isn't it? Um, when Dozie, as Harry said, started well for two games, Ramsey has had uh, a couple of reasonable performances. Uh, Lee said his work rate was good yesterday, and he, he was certainly good in the West Ham game, uh, but it is very d- difficult. Um, there probably hasn't been a, a standout player. No, I totally agree. So, it's like Bellerin had a good game against West Ham, I thought, attacking-wise, and, you know, hasn't done it. Um, too many inconsistencies, you know what I mean? I, probably, I, I think I'd go with Lacazette as well, if I'll be honest. OK. Guna Dub. Um... Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan, O N four, Gunadub. Again, um, a good listener of the podcast, always tweeting us. Uh, he said, "Would you take fifth or sixth place with a domestic cup this season, or is it all about Champions League?" I'd take six if we win the Europa. Yeah, I would too. I'd say, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it is all about Champions League. It is all about Champions League. It's about getting this yeah. club, it's about getting, getting this club, our club, we'll in into the Champions League. You know? It's going to be tough. Hook or crook. That's what it's all about. Harry, back door, Europa League, 
Um, should yeah, should <laughs> that is a cheap shot. <laughs> um, Harry, should that be? Yeah. Um, you know, we saw Arsene Wenger last season play. You know, a weakened side um, in the Europa League. Should Emery be be careful? Should he be? You know, he should be really trying to win this um, because, like you know, as we all know, winning the Europa League gets you back in the Champions League. Um, he should be, he should be, but I think Arsene Wenger played it the right way. I think Mourinho has done it the year before, where you realise that you've got two options of getting into it, into the Champions League. You either do it via the league route or you do it via the Europa League route. I think you can afford to rest players in the group stages of the Europa League, probably the round of 32 and the round of 16 most of the time. So I think the way Wenger approached it was spot on. Look, play your big players in the Premier League. And assess things come the turn yeah. of the year when you can see realistically do you have a chance of making yeah. it in the top four? If not, then you, you turn your focus to the Europa. But I think at this stage and looking at the draw, yeah, it's just about to say you can get through that group. You can probably get through the round of 32 and the round of 16 most of the time if you if you go with a sort of second street. Absolutely, Graham. Would you agree with that? Um, it's like like like. Um, Harry just touches. The draw was kind of kind to us there. Two teams I've never heard of. Um, sorry now, no disrespect to them. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard of them. Um, and of course, sport in Lisbon, uh, trip to Portugal. But th- that group, you would say, um, we should get through it, Graham, shouldn't we? I mean, we should win it. Yeah, obviously, sport in Lisbon are the uh, difficult team in the group. That's all. Can I just apologise? I'm enjoying the chat so much tonight. I'm sitting here in the dark. And I suddenly noticed it's dark outside. It's happened to me before as well, mate. Don't it happened to me as well. I was on Gooners. I so enjoyed, this, enjoyed listening to you two guys. Really wrapped up. And I suddenly thought, God, it's dark. <laughs> and I've disappeared off the shop. But, um, so I want to put the light on. Um, well, first of all, I mean, Emery has got uh, pedigree in the uh, Europa League, isn't he? He's won it three times with Seville. So I think he understands what he needs to do uh, in that. And I think he will target the... Europa League. I don't think, as things stand at the moment, because of our defensive frailties, I don't think we're good enough to get in the top four. I'll be absolutely honest with you. Everyone's saying that Man United are, are struggling, um, but then they turned out a, a, a more uh, a better performance at the weekend. I think we're a long way behind Man City, Liverpool, and uh, Tottenham, unfortunately, uh, and Chelsea as well. I mean, sorry. Uh, as, as, the amazing thing is, you know, when I talked about getting that system for Ozil have you noticed now Hazard is now better in the Starry team yeah. than he was under contact or like getting in that free role now he, he, all of a sudden Hazard's looking ten times better so um, just coming back to the question I think we should target Europa League and try and win that I, I think that I think it's all about progression this year if you remember Gary Neville had that uh, debate on Sky Sports the other week with um, Jamie Carragher it was more about should Emery change his style and I think that the Neville has got a lot of respect for, turned around and said that it's all about progression. It's all about this year implementing his style. Right? Um, now, when you're at the Emirates League, when you come back for the next home game, mate, uh, which I think is Everton, you'll notice how edgy the fans get at the moment. The moment Czech starts playing it out to centre-half and they don't sort of kick it long. The moment Czech starts playing it around, the crowd get very edgy on his back straight away and you'll notice that. So whether... Emery gets time to build his method is another question, but I think he will try and stick with building this method, 
and it is going to have to be progression. Uh, I don't think at the moment, I don't think we're going to get in that top four. Uh, you've got to remember we come sixth last year, uh, so I don't think we're going to get in the top four uh, at the moment. So I think it is all about the Europa League. Um, and, I, and I'm thinking, what would, I mean, he's got to deliver, he's got to get us back in the Champions League, I would say, within two years. That's what I'm, so this year is all about progression, implementing his style, getting players comfortable. If they don't fit that style, moving them on and moving players in who can play that way. And then, uh, if it doesn't work this year, I think he's got to deliver next year a Champions League for the following year. Can't agree more. Um, any other business, lads, before we uh, retire? Any other business? Judge, got any other business? Uh, that sounds, sounds good to <coughs> me. Like, you know, it's, uh, as I say, it's a nice little week off now, so everybody enjoyed a little uh, international break, and we'll come back against Newcastle, and uh, three points is a must. Harry! Uh, any other business, sir? No, no other business, no other business. We get to watch the European Nations League. Oh, great, yeah, can't wait. Weekend, yeah, I can't wait to watch Wales and Scotland. Yeah, might have to spend some time with a wife this weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might, have to, might have to actually talk to her. Um, it's been a fantastic show this evening. Um, like I said at the top of the show, uh, it's a pleasure that we've uh, added Harry um, to the team at, uh, at the same old Arsenal. So Harry's going to be going to be with us um, every week, if possible. And the same with Graham. I was chatting to Graham during the week. Um, am I okay to say, Graham, that you're going to try and get you're going to try and get with us um, every yeah, week yeah. if you can? Yeah, I've got, I've got um, a commitment on the 24th, but uh, yeah, That's I okay. thank you so much tonight, I think I'd love to be part of the team. Absolutely, well, I think we'd, lo- we'd, we'd, we'd like you to be part of the team, so for the rest of the season, it's the Fab Four, uh, well, Fab Three, Fab Three, I'll, I'll just sit here and, like I said earlier, I'll just sit here and throw the bait in, and uh, <coughs> let all the fish try. Just, uh, just, just one point I wanted to add on the any other business bit, Craig, I don't know what the boys think about it differences they've seen between Emery and Wenger. So that, that is like just a finishing point. Uh, I'll throw my two pennies worth in. And obviously I still think that um, I've, uh, out of possession I still see no difference between an Emery team and a Wenger team than we're trying to defend. I know he's trying to implement a different style with pressing more intensely from the front and playing up from the back, but we've still got those Wenger problems defensively. Uh, the one thing that's definitely changed for me is his in-game management. Yeah. Right. Uh, Wenger, Wenger, I think he's very proactive, Henry, with his substitution. Uh, and if he gets it wrong, he's not afraid to, ch- to tweak it, which was always a, uh, something we aimed at Arsene Wenger, wasn't it? So that's, for me, one of the changes. And also, I think he's not frightened to drop people. He's already shown that, hasn't he? That's one of the reasons I think why well, we found it difficult tonight to say who's been our standout player. Because if players are not performing, already Emery has shown he's going to hook them during the game and not select them. So, remember we always used to say on the Wenger there was no accountability. Players are too comfortable. I think that's one thing for me that I've noticed is a change. I just wonder what the guys think is, have they noticed any change from... Oh, yeah. Well, I just, just before Lee comes in, my, I have definitely noticed a change of mentality other than uh, from a, an Arsene Wenger team. An Arsene Wenger team yesterday, or uh, an Arsene Wenger team yesterday would have would have probably rolled over at one all, um, and we would have got beat. Uh, Chelsea, being 2-0 uh, you know, down against Chelsea, and, we, and within 15-20 within minutes, we're back level again. Under Arsene Wenger, that would have been 6 or 7-0. Yeah, so, I, I, 
Craig, just say one thing. I've quickly thought of this before you, you, you finish and then go on to me and Harry. I'm, I'm no way disrespecting Arsene Van No, no, no. I don't, no. Want, I, no. I don't want anybody no, to no. turn around and say uh, Graham is disrespecting Not at all. It was a simple Graham question, mate. Manager, yeah. Right? And, and basically, I, I fully respect what Arsene Wenger did for the club. Uh, and uh, he brought me... Um, Paul Graham and bought me my greatest moment as an Arsenal fan, Anfield 8 9, right? That George, but Arsenal Wenger brought me the most beautiful football and put Arsenal on the map. So I'm not, no, no. I'm not disrespecting him. I just want to sort of, sort of like, look at what we think. It was a simple question. If anyone, if, if anyone gets offended by that question, then they probably shouldn't be watching us, mate. It's a simple question. What differences do you see, Lee, between an Arsenal Wenger Arsenal and an Emery Arsenal? I haven't seen a lot of difference, if I'll be honest. The, the, one, the one, di- one difference that I have seen is the players coming up to the fans at the end of the game yesterday like, and clapping and staying there for about three or four minutes. I know we won the game, but it was nice to see all clapping, all fist pumping, interacting with the crowd. It's something that we've not seen for a very, very long time. And I can tell you that now, a lot of the away fans were buzzing because of that yesterday. Good. They come out of the ground going, look, all the players are there. I actually got an arm ache because I was clap- you know, up going like that so much. It was great to see that there was, and it was every single player. Good. So from that point of view, I am happy with, um, with that. Um, but, listen, I'm going to say this about, um, if some of the performances that we've played, if, um, this, this time around, we're, we're, we're looking to, to blame players instead of Arsene Wenger. I think that if um, we'd have produced these performances under Arsene Wenger, a lot of fans would be going at him uh, big time, if I'll be honest. Um, uh, the, the one thing that I've not seen yet this moment in time from our team is that, and I did think this, that, that there's, we haven't really sorted out the, the Meza Ozil problem if we're actually to play him. And also, from, from now, from pre-season to now, I've not really seen uh, any improvement on our defence, which is a big worry because after next week, we've had, we've had a week, week, week of working on things. When we come back from the international break, we're playing midweek games, so there's not going to be as much work on the training ground. So that's a little bit of a worry for me that I've not seen a lot of improvement. People keep going to, you know, the guys that are in there now, give it time, give it time. Well, when you're in a relegation battle, what's the first thing a manager comes in and does? He sorts out the back four and he has to do it within a week or two weeks. And I feel that we've not really progressed on the defensive side. But we've got six points. I think at the end of the day, if we'll be honest, we'd have all been happy to take seven points from our last, from our first four games. So we're one point off of what we felt we should be. So, um, at the moment, uh, not a great deal of change, but uh, as, as we said, there are a little few things that I'm encouraged by. Good. Harry, the last word, mate. Last word, Harry. Uh, last word. Yes, I agree with pretty much all of that. The only thing I would say... It's a bit of a negative, and I don't want to be negative, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it's not been mentioned. I think we have less fluency in our football when we're going forward under Emery, and that concerns me, um, because one thing you could never criticise Wenger's teams for was their ability to play fluent football and really put teams under pressure for sustained periods, and, and often we'd score two, three goals in a quick burst. I don't see that now with Arsenal. I don't see us being able to apply sustained pressure going forward, so... Lack of fluency is my only concern. Well, not my only concern. Obviously, the only concern that hasn't already been mentioned. There you go. I hope that answers all your questions. Um, it's been an absolute fantastic podcast tonight. 
Thank you to Graham. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. Um, and we we'll look forward. We we'll look forward to. Uh, we we'll look forward to hearing you again. Harry, thank you very much, mate. Thanks. I know you're you're you you're, uh, you want to get away because you're going to go and now record another podcast. I am. I am three tonight. Three, three tonight. tonight. So if you haven't followed, um, if you haven't followed or subscribed to Harry's channel yet, please do the Chronicles of Agona. Uh, he can be found on Twitter and obviously just type into YouTube Chronicles of Aguna and you will see his channel. Uh, Graham, your Twitter is? GrahamB195, mate. Uh, GrahamB195, head over and uh, follow Graham. Judge, my aunt to my deck, my laurel to my hardy. Thank you very much, mate. No worries. Thank you very much. I missed you. I missed you. I missed you. The boys say goodbye as well. Goodbye. Uh, well, I was just, yeah. a, I was just actually, yeah, I was actually saying, no, I, I missed you, mate. I missed you. Uh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, like, I missed you too. Like, yeah, of course, you, of course you did. I watched them uh, one on one on the ship and one yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. at work. Very enjoyable. Of course, you missed me cheating on me with two Americans. Anyway, um, <laughs> we shall see you after the international break. Until then, up the Arsenal. Have a good week, guys. Bye now. Sports Social Podcast Network.